The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. Have you ever been painted a picture about something that's just not good? Only to find out for yourself that the dark, bleak, and unhealthy picture isn't actually all that bad. Well, that's my feeling for certain health issues that we talk about, but one in particular is cholesterol. Man, cholesterol gets such a bad rap. The diagnosis from your doctor that brings the unknown front and center. With a likely diagnosis of high cholesterol, the tailspin that ensues with that clear focus on fixing the, you know, you're not within the reference range of numbers is the number one measure. And it often follows with a prescription of medication that's, you know, not so good unto itself. Am I right? Has that happened to you or anyone that you happen to know? Well, we know that it did happen to one loyal listener because that's why we're talking about this today. When you guys reach out and say, hey, can you talk about this? We do listen. Now, what's sad I find is that the conversation around cholesterol does not normally start with, hmm, what can I do to give my cholesterol making machine, aka my liver, some love? Or let's take a deep dive and a deep look into how did I get here? No, it's usually something like, ah, my cholesterol is high, quick, give me a fix. I know it's not good. Somebody had a heart attack and I don't want to do that. So what am I supposed to do? But before you take the fix, I mean, you have to make a decision. Am I going to do the fix or am I actually going to do the work? Do you adjust your diet and your life enough to really make an impact or kind of half-heartedly do some research, but still eat either, you know, the high fat, deep fried chicken wings on the Friday night with you know, the the ice cream cake for dessert just because it all tastes good. But knowing that there's a pill out there and it's so common of a medication for be, for anyone really to be on, somehow this situation of high cholesterol and how to treat it, like, can I be bold enough to say is kind of normal? There are imbalances in our body that lead to way bigger issues. And this situation is absolutely one of them. Has ever, anybody ever talked to you about what happens when you have too low cholesterol? It, no, it wouldn't be. But I know people who are on medication and then their cholesterol tanks. Do you actually understand the function of cholesterol and what it's there to do in your body? How crucial it is for hormonal health, especially your sex hormones. So yes, what does that mean if you're on statins and your cholesterol levels tank? Well, what's happened? Is your sex drive gone? Well, that's maybe because of the sex hormones, the impact on that. And nobody wants to be in that situation. Well, I don't think so. Anyway, this cholesterol, it makes healthy cell membranes and has a huge role and impact in vitamin D. 
and what is underneath the seemingly damage that cholesterol has on your heart health, well, this is a doozy of a topic. It could honestly be in so many different parts because as we unpack this, there is no doubt going to be more questions that come up to answer. And to help us break it down, we're going to welcome back health coach Jason Persaud to go through some of this. I did my nutrition training in London, England, where I lived for 15 years. And after moving back to Toronto in 2001, it was a trade-off between me going back again there to see my family and my parents, and then also my parents coming back here. So, you know, we could see each other. My parents had lived here for 40 years or more, so it wasn't a hardship for them to come back. One trip that my parents came on, my dad had a really bad fall down the stairs into the basement apartment where I was living at the time. He was bruised, broken-handed, and rather battered. But what came from this accident was that they found out and he all of a sudden knew that he had super high blood pressure and high cholesterol. What's that they say about the silver lining in life? Well, I think that was a huge one to come out of that. Fast forward a couple of years, and he did end up having a heart attack in 2003. I Definitely scary stuff because I was still here in, in Toronto, in Canada, and he was over there in England. I flew over to see him and remember at the time wondering what the doctors were doing with giving him all these medications that he all of a sudden was on. Why didn't dad just maybe give up his thick pastry covered pork pies and hefty slices of old cheddar and his favorite Stilton and port? Those were the kind of questions that were coming up for me because I finished my nutrition training and graduated in 1999. So it was still a big keener and still completely understood the difference and why on earth were we not having a discussion about diet? And he was leaving the hospital just with all these, you know, all these kind of pills. I think I actually actually also remember Chris thinking, oh my God, I remember my dad having fried bread when we were growing up. So the fat from the bacon would go into a bowl and then the fat was taken off back into the frying pan. Then the bread went in, which soaked up all that fat. Mm -hmm. And then all the salty stuff that was on the bottom, what did I think my dad called that dripping? Then he would spread that on the top of the fried bread. I mean, <laughs> like it was just such an insane concept. And I was, I was convinced that this right here was the situation of my dad's heart attack. I mean, just crazy, right? That's yeah, what they did. That's what they did. And I'll take it one step further. Your dad and I would, uh, would be best of friends. I swear. Uh, Cause I did the <laughs> exact same thing. The, I, the difference was I took uh, remember uh, spam. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's still it's still out there. I I haven't had it in 30 years, but when I was young, I would fry spam as well in that grease and it would go between the fried bread. So Oh, Chris. Uh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're definitely going to need to hear everything that Jason's about <laughs> to share with us about all of these kind of things, right? So here we are in the hospital, you know, my dad's being taken care of, but the advice that's coming from the doctors was the number one focus was all about the numbers and the reference ranges. Are you good? Are you not good? Where are they? And it was just such a contrast from everything that I had learned during my training. Now, the best explanation that I've ever heard about cholesterol, this waxy, fatty substance that helps your body to make all your cell membranes and the walls of every single cell that your nutrients pass in and out of, and also has a role in vitamin D. And, you know, this is natural because your liver makes this stuff. So it's needed. You need this in your body. 
the analogy that helped nail what this stuff does. I hope this helps you as well. So just see your liver as a fire station. A fire truck comes out of the station and heads out around the body, kind of like it would maybe around a neighborhood. The, the cholesterol basically is the fire truck. Out goes the cholesterol in through your arteries, and then it sees a fire, aka oxidative damage or some stress or inflammation to the cell. And it needs to put the fire out or even repair it. The purpose of cholesterol is repair. It is the ultimate band-aid situation for your body. The firefighters are cholesterol. They lay down in layers this cholesterol in an attempt to, to protect and to heal. Now, if there's an imbalance in fire trucks going out, 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 and not enough to bring it back again, that's one of the situations where we have this unbalance. But to take a step back from that is to realize that this is actually a cycle of healing and protection that is so badly misunderstood. Your cholesterol is absolutely essential. Your body knows how to heal itself. And there are plenty of people out there who have high levels of cholesterol, who aren't having heart attacks or dying of heart disease, but have a healthy sex drive because their hormones are having an impact. Yes, there are those that are having health issues from this or do have heart attacks, like my dad. However, this is only a part of the discussion, not the whole of it. Now, today we're going to talk about this from a holistic perspective. This does not discount what your doctor is telling you at all, but there certainly is more to this. And as you've come here to listen, I'm going to say that you're looking for another perspective. Now, Jason Persaud, now he works with his clients. He's completely packed out, just as I am most of the time. And his clinical experience and training is going to just offer another way of looking at this incredibly common situation. It's one of the most asked for topics from women and men of all ages and is so important for us to talk about if you have high cholesterol, but also just so that you know at any stage of your life if this is you know, part of your health trajectory. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. So welcome back, Jason Persaud, to Eat This with Leanne. Uh, we, you were with us in episode 55 talking about drainage and detoxification. So this is the perfect kind of next step into something really specific about cholesterol. So for anyone that has not heard that episode yet. I encourage you to go back again. But Jason, why don't you just start off telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hi, my name is Jason. Thank you again for having me. Uh, I'm a bioenergetic medicine practitioner. I also dabble in strength and conditioning. Uh, I came from the very physical world, the personal training world, helping people achieve their ideal bodies. And, you know, I worked with a lot of people that struggled to get to where they wanted to get to. And I didn't have the tools and resources on how to do that. And working through my own health journey, I stumbled upon bioenergetic medicine, uh, the world of holistic nutrition, and really started to focus on digging a little bit deeper into how to achieve our ideal health. And one of the biggest things that shifted for me was the medical system trains us and teaches us about blood values. And as good as they are, blood values don't exactly teach us how our organ systems are working. 
And bioenergetic medicine is based off of a platform and ideology that we have different organ systems in the body and they can be dysfunctional or have issues with them before it shows up in blood work. And that's kind of my wheelhouse. I work in like the subclinical wheelhouse where it's not, you know, it's not battlefield medicine. It's not, you're not dying, but you don't feel great. And you're trying to figure out how to get to that ideal version of you. Uh, and that's my wheelhouse. That's where I specialize. Awesome. And full disclosure, Jason looks after myself and also my daughters because he's in Canada and mm. is also in the, I don't know, try what is it you guys call each other three amigos you <laughs> Doc, dr robert cast and dr dr b dr davis yeah. brockenshire so exactly. these are clever minds that are working on this yeah. and uh, now I, got what's a picture, that? I got a picture of the three of them in mexican gear riding horses <laughs> i'm lucky day i'm the needle i'm dusty bottom so together we're the three amigos <laughs> that's what that's i'm thinking now <laughs> well there's a there's a photo of us recently actually and you got you know the old wizard and then there's dr b and then there's me it's almost like three generations which is it is awesome. yeah it really actually is. that's amazing and yeah the linchpin is definitely uh dr cass he yeah, is totally. i hope one day to have him on this podcast that would be oh such an experience oh my gosh that man's brain is just from another realm it's incredible so anyway, let's talk about cholesterol. Let's start with like, like, can you just give us like a 101 for people that maybe you're listening and they've got a loved one that, you know, this issue is not for them, but they've got someone, they just need to know the nuts and bolts, break it down, function, what it impacts, what if it's high, what if it's low and all that kind of stuff. Whoa, wait a minute, yes. wait a minute. Isn't it just as easy as having, like when I was young, uh, the commercials all told me that if I just had a bowl of Cheerios, that mm. my cholesterol mm. would drop. Yeah, right, that, cut out the butter and just have margarine. That's right. Yeah. That's, it. That's it. Yeah, and and stop eating eggs. It was don't eat eggs. Yeah, because the eggs are cigarettes. Did you know that? That that oh, that. there there was a documentary recently that said an egg is equivalent to a cigarette. Oh yeah. What? Oh yeah. Oh no, really? Yeah. Dead serious. This is maybe like two years. It was a oh. vegan. Not that I'm against veganism, but it was a vegan documentary, and they talked about how an egg is equivalent to a cigarette. I was like. This is on Netflix. People are believing this wow. right now. Oh, that's so scary. Crack so them if scary. you got them. Uh, oh, <laughs> I actually, that whole, that whole egg thing, and we'll get to it, but that whole egg thing, the study that came out that still, still talks about eggs being bad for cholesterol was done from a study that included powdered egg. It wasn't actually even an egg. It wasn't like a real crack it, cook it, nothing natural about it. And it was like, I don't know, with six people or like, it was so wrong. And, and yet it has idea. defined eggs, you know, and cholesterol. It's such and a crazy. That's the idea of bioenergetic medicine, you know, like what is there energetics? Is there life? Is there vitality in what it is that we're consuming? So, right. you know, it's exactly it. This study wasn't even based on eggs. It was based on powdered eggs. How yeah. do you get an egg? into powder. Like I, know. I like, I don't even understand how that works. You know, like what is it that they're actually consuming? How can you do a study on eggs when you're not even actually testing eggs? Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, we could go down that rabbit hole for a long time. Anyway, back to 101. Back to 101. So um, cholesterol. Cholesterol is a 
essential building block of our entire body. Like the brain is made of cholesterol. Every single cell in the body is made of cholesterol. We have something called um, the phospholipid layer, which is around the cell membrane, and it is literally made of cholesterol. So the idea of cholesterol being good or bad, you know, isn't really an, an idea in my head. I don't really believe in good and bad cholesterol. Like if we're eating, if we're getting fat from bad food, you know, fried foods, fatty foods, trans fats, like those are obviously bad, but we're, if we're getting fat from real sources, real healthy sources. So, you know, the generation prior to mine said that fat was bad and sugar was good, right? Fat yep. gave you strokes, yep. gave you heart attacks, gave you all of that stuff. And, you know, to a degree, if you're eating junk fat, then for sure, I agree with that. You know, that is not ideal, but the idea of removing all this fat from the diet and only having sugar led us now into a morbidly obese population. And a lot of people with hormone issues because hormones are made of fat. All your sex hormones, estrogen, testosterone, synthesized vitamin D, every single cell in the body is made of vitamin D. We need cholesterol for all these things. So to tell people, don't have butter, eat margarine, don't eat eggs, eat, you know, cereal and Cheerios instead of having, you know, your steak and eggs for breakfast, like that's some scary stuff. And we had an entire baby boomer generation for the most part, you know, brainwashed to believe that. And now in 2021, we still are struggling with that ideology in clinic. You know, you have this older generation of individuals who, you know, they're, they're, they're losing eye function. They're losing hormone function. Their, their blood sugars are all over the place. Why? Because fats and cholesterol regulate all of these things. So when it comes to our blood work, we're looking at three main values, LDL, HDL, and triglycerides. And I'll pause there to see how you kind of want to go into those. Okay. So HDL is high density lipoprotein. LDL is low density lipoprotein. And then we've also got the triglycerides. We've already kind of talked about like the myths around, you know, around the whole egg situation. Is there anything else, any other myths that um, you know, that are out there to do with the cholesterol because, you know, you shouldn't eat shrimp, you shouldn't have lobster. God forbid you put butter on your lobster if you're actually having it because that's going to somehow end up in an instant heart attack and give you instantly high cholesterol, right? Like, I mean, that's, those are the conversations that people are having when, oh my God, lobster and butter is delicious. <laughs> you know? So good, oh my goodness. Oh my I, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is the idea that cholesterol has something to do with fat. Like in my world, World, it really doesn't at all. What it has to do is maybe with how your body metabolizes fat, mm. uh, the quality of fat you're eating, and then also sugar and stress. Okay. Right. Cholesterol is a stress response. You know, it is a huge stress response. That's how your body, that, that's like, it's like a defense mechanism, right? Like when the body's stressed out, it pumps out cholesterol. That's just what it does because the whole system is made of cholesterol. So it needs to push it out. So just the idea that your dietary intake can affect your cholesterol is a huge myth. There's, you know, um, Bruce Lipton talks about how, you know, most of the most of the circulating cholesterol in the system is created by the liver as an autonomic response and with maybe 20% of it being dietary. And they did research on autistic kids because they know the power of cholesterol in the brain. And there's kids eating 20 to 30 eggs a day in order to get their cholesterol levels up because autistic children actually generally suffer with low cholesterol. Okay. Mind blown right there. Thank you. Yeah. That's fascinating about the autistic children. 
Yeah, yeah. That's did uh, not know Cam, that. Cam Mage did some research on it. Um, there's a little bit of stuff through Great Plains Labs, um, a mental health institute. They were doing research on it, and they were they're finding that they have low cholesterol, and they need to get the cholesterol up. But it's so hard because dietary cholesterol doesn't really improve it all that much. They need to eat such a profound amount, which goes in to show that, yes, it's more of an autonomic response, which is embedded in the nervous system. I don't think anybody is trying to, has ever thought of trying to increase your cholesterol level. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's really been a part of anyone's conversation when it comes to this topic. But because this topic came as a request from from a listener, she said, I have high triglycerides and high cholesterol. Can you please break this down for me? So maybe let's just start there with like the levels of the, of the numbers. So let's, let's kind of go into the numbers a little bit and the ratios. Okay. So I actually just pulled it up. We'll pull this up because I don't have it off the top of my head, but in Canada, um, anything greater than 3.5 millimoles, right? Per liter is uh, for LDL. For HDL, you're looking at anything less than 1.0, which is bad. Total cholesterol, you want anything, uh, you don't want anything higher than four and a half. So this changes based off of the Western medical system in Canada. It's different in the States. You go to the functional medicine world, it's very different. And so we're always looking at kind of ratios within that. And, you know, regardless of what the numbers say in the medical system, not that I'm devaluing it, we do want to take it with a grain of salt to a degree because they're looking at, you know, basically like death ratios, right? Right. Yeah. Like the medical system is saying that you're fine until you're dying. Like we got to keep that in mind. Right. Um, Also their answer for any sort of cholesterol issue is statins and statins have been proven to be, you know, not really useful for the body in multiple studies at this point in time. So we know that cholesterol is good. We're not trying to block the production of cholesterol in any way. What we want to really get to is understand, well, why is the body creating this excess cholesterol to begin with? Well, if we go back to our case in point, which you just mentioned, being that, you know, triglycerides is a big one and triglycerides Mm -hmm. closely ties in to stress and sugar. Okay. Those are the main things. And, you know, a lot of people nowadays, you know, the, the push of keto, the push of like fat being good for us are eating higher fat foods, which is great, but they're also eating high sugar, right? Right. That's the problem. You know, you can't have a high sweet dessert after eating keto all day because your blood sugars are going to be completely out of whack. And that's where you lead to things like fatty liver. That's where you lead to blood sugar imbalances. And that's some of the issues we're seeing today. And so people are jumping on these trends, you know, high fat, but I still want to have dessert and do those things, but they're not looking at metrics. And so when you're not tracking metrics, next thing you know, you go do blood work. And then things are out of whack, right? And you want to know, well, why? What do we do? Well, anything to do with cholesterol, anything to do with fat, anything to do with hormones, because what did we just say? All hormones are made of fat. All hormones involve cholesterol. So we got to go back to the liver, right? Because the liver is just, I mean, Leanne knows this. I'm working with her. Like, (laughs) Liver is a big one, right? But not just the liver. We're working on my liver. We're working on my liver. Not just the liver. We got the best friend of the liver, which is the gallbladder right? Mm-hmm. The gallbladder, they're best friends. They, they go uh, two peas in a pod, you know, you can't take one without the other. Right. And so, you know, as much as it is the liver, we have to look at the gallbladder because the gallbladder is what stores the bile, right? That's what stores the bile and bile is important in to do with fat absorption. 
So for the people who don't have a gallbladder that are listening per se, well, not to say that you don't produce bile because bile is produced by the liver, but your ability to store that bile for when you eat is hindered. Right. So yeah. therefore, if you're not uh, absorbing your fat from your food because you don't have that storage site for bile, well, now you're not going to absorb fats into the system. You can develop a hormonal problem, which is generally what we see five to 10 years down the line for people who don't have gallbladders. Mm. You get vitamin D issues, you get low estrogen, you have testosterone issues. So how many women, you know, mid to late 40s, 50s, late 60s on bioidenticals because they lost their gallbladder in their late 30s, early 40s, and they're having hormone issues? You just said bioidenticals. Can you just explain oh, that, please? So bioidenticals is um, so in the world of naturopathic medicine, they want to use hormones that are basically synthesized very similarly to the hormones that we create, which you call bioidenticals. So if you're low on progesterone, they might put some progesterone in the system or estrogen. So it's very similar to that of like a birth control um, or a hormonal IUD, but they do it in shots, right? For a lot of women who have cortisol, basically what we call adrenal fatigue or where your cortisol starts to flatline, they yep. use testosterone pucks. So they put like this little pill in your butt and it kind of dissolves over time. Um, and it's unfortunately fairly popular, especially in the States more so than Canada. Um, but that's what they're using in the naturopathic world. And they sell them on the idea that it's bioidentical. It's the same as your body. You know, it's no different. Well, if it's not created by my body, it's not the same as my body. That's my right. thought. And yep. at the same point in time, you know, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to spend a couple hundred bucks every month for the next decade to have your hormones on paper in balance when you know that they're not actually in balance because you right. can't go two months without it. The key here for me is not only understanding our headspace to a degree, but understanding, you know, what's happening with the liver. Um, and the reason that I bring that up is because, you know, from a holistic standpoint, from a traditional Chinese medicine standpoint, there's a lot of anger and resentment that we have um, that's held in the liver. A lot of anger and resentment. So, you know, we talk about things like roid rage, people get angry or alcoholics are very angry. Is it the, the alcohol and, you know, the, the chemical residues that make one angry because their liver is congested or are they subconsciously angry that ends up creating these lifestyle habits that end up polluting the liver? You know, chicken right. or the egg, which yeah. one comes first? But at the end of the day, you got to deal with both. And in my experience, the people who have, you know, a lot of, liver stuff going on generally sometimes have emotional layers buried within the subconscious system that they're not even aware of. They're like, I'm not angry. And then, you know, you talk to them, you like poke the bear a little bit and then boom, there it is. Mm. Wow. So, so in your, in your experience then, yeah. as you're looking at someone who maybe on paper and yeah. their test results have got high cholesterol, what are the kind of right. ca causes that you see? First thing I'm going to do when I see high cholesterol is go over the sleeping, hydration, poop, right? That, that's, okay. that's like, it's like our RCCP in Physica that we talk about, right? The basics. If I had a dog, if I had a baby, a child, if they're not sleeping, pooping, and hydrated, there's something wrong, right? right. How many adults do we find that have a sleeping issue, are yeah. constipated? You know, they're like, oh, yeah, I drink water and I run to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, they're like, I'm so hydrated. You know, I'm peeing all the time. No, that means you're not hydrated. <laughs> That means they're actually not holding on to the water. It's just running right out of you. You know, the, like there's people who drink water all day and they're, they're like, my pee is clear all day. I'm like, well, if it's clear all day, then are toxins actually leaving the body? So that's the first step, right? Sleep, hydration, poop. I can't filter a liver if I'm dehydrated. It's not going right. to happen. 
Okay. I can't um, detox if I'm not sleeping because most of our detoxification happens in deep sleep. Yep. Right. And if you're not tracking your sleep, then you got no idea what's going on. Yep. Eating. The idea of fasting these days is powerful. It, it, it is. It is powerful and it's good. But within that concept, we got to eat enough food to give juice to the thyroid, right? It's feast and famine, not just famine, you know, mm. and people are going into these extensive long fasts, you know, a year or two years. I mean, I was like that to a degree. I kind of recently learned that lesson in the last like three to four months where I started really eating a lot more food. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Boom. Got like a little spark back. And it's ah. just, and, and, and it, it was the idea of, you know, being keto and how good it is for the microbial populations and everything like that. And it is for a period of time, but then you got to put juice back in the system. So it's this balance of feast and famine. So that's the first step, sleep, hydration, poop. If those three things are covered, well, then I'm going to look at, well, how much sugar is this person eating? And do they understand the idea of good fat versus bad fat? Because as I said, depending on your age and when, uh, you know, kind of what you were like programmed to believe to a degree, your ideas on sugar and fat can be swayed. So we got to update them to 2021. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Where's their fats coming from? How much fat are they having in a day? Because I mean, if you're only eating 30 to 40 grams of fat, which people in the fitness community, macro community will want to do to bring their fat down, then how are you supposed to burn fat if you're not eating fat? That's not going to happen because the body's just going to want to use glucose and sugar, right? And so that in turn can create a stress response, which means your cholesterol could go up. Okay, you need to say all that again because I got a little lost in there myself. As I'm trying, no, as I'm trying to think of one of our loyal listeners following along with that. So, thirty to forty grams of fat looks like what? Okay, so that is basically maybe um, I have chicken thighs with some pasta for dinner, and I have maybe you know an avocado and. That might be about it. You know what I mean? If I had chicken breast, if I had chicken breast for dinner with pasta and only one avocado, then I'm maybe around like 10 to 12 grams of fat out of those two meals. Like I'm really not at a lot. Okay. I want my girls up at like 70 or my my girls and guys, but girls, especially because girls really don't eat a lot of fat. I want them up around like 60, 70, 80, 90 grams of fat a day. I generally eat about a hundred to 120 grams of fat a day. Wow. Because your brain is made of what? What's your brain made of? Fat. Fat. All your sex hormones are made of what? Fat. So how many women out there have hormonal issues and they're eating no fat, but they're taking like hormone things? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Like, we're not even giving the body what it needs to make the hormones. Right. How do we right. want them to be in balance? You know, and then on top of that, you know, we have our fun lifestyles that we do on the weekends, which impair our liver function, which downstream is going to mess up our hormones. Right. Right. Only only on the weekends, huh, Jay? Just on the weekends? You know, (laughs) only on the weekends, Friday, Saturday. I mean, some of us, you know, depending on where we are, it's during the week. But I'm I'm down to play hard. Can you guess what Chris is doing every every single day? I'm I'm down to play hard. I play hard. I have a great time. But at this, you know, and I did a post on this recently. Like, I enjoy life. I like to have a good time. And that's awesome. But let's also manage the detox organs. Otherwise, this is where we end up. It's like, okay, now we're in a fear mechanism because my blood work isn't good. And it's like, what do we do? And next thing you know, we're we're sold on the fear. Here's the medication. Take this and it's going to, it's going to be okay. Right. Right. The magic, the, the magic bullet. 
So how much did genetics, as far as you know, or what you look at with your clients, uh, play out in high cholesterol levels? Uh, It's important. You know, genetics are important because genetics load the gun, right? Genetics do have a factor in this whole thing. But genetics don't pull the trigger. Our environment pulls the trigger, right? Right. Um, It's nature versus nurture. So nature is important, right? Our genetics, but then something called epigenetics, which is the nurture aspect of it, is even more important. Um, they did research on adopted children and found the adopted children were more likely to get the disease of the adopting family than the genetic family. Why? Because of the environment, where they grew up, how they grew up, the emotional patterns that are trans, uh, you know, translated into the children, right? We call that wow. transgenerational trauma. So if you grew up in a household of butter, uh, or sorry, margarine, um, high stress, uh, right. binge eating on desserts, you know, and you grew up in that environment for 15, 20 years, then that's what you've been consciously programmed to believe. And so you're most likely going to recreate some of the same patterns. So, you know, although your genetics may factor in, so let's say you have poor um, blood sugar regulation, right? Because of the diabetes in your family, high cholesterol, things like that. Well, you know, we can automatically blame our parents or we can take our power back and change our lifestyle to, to, to be better than what right. we learned from our family. And that is, that's the hard part. And that's the reason I brought up the mental aspect of things before, because to a degree, if we don't work through layers of uh, emotional intelligence or some of these deeper layers of understanding of our psyche, then we feel trapped and pinned into this box of I'm like this way because I'm like this way. And like, I don't know what to do about it, which is completely a false reality that is painted to people. This connection between emotional and physical continues to blow my mind. My father, bless him. uh, he, He, he would be completely and utterly confused by this entire conversation connecting the emotional with the physical that doesn't make any sense my liver is angry i mean i don't get my i, I mean if my liver holds emotion it's full of rejection it's full of sorrow uh i mean you could, I, it's it's the it blows my mind to think that there is such a tight marriage between the two yeah, totally. And that's all the new research, right? Like, you know, Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, like that is really what's going on. And so to further this a little bit further, um, we know the idea of neuropeptides, right? Neuropeptides are these chemicals released by the brain. So, you know, when you're in love, you got oxytocin coming out. When you're angry, you got angry hormones. When you're jealous, you got jealous hormones, right? So the brain is pumping out hormones into the body that is based off of what we're experiencing, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing and everything like that. And let's say I have a fish tank and each fish in the fish tank are emotions. And I start putting a bunch of anger in there. Do you think that these fish, these cells want to pull in water and nutrition? Not really. Leanne, what do we call that? Spin. Oh, of course. Spin. Left spin. Yeah. yeah. Left spin. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So this is how all of these things play in. So at the end of the day, if I'm, you know, say I'm angry and then I'm drinking or I'm creating these habits, I'm creating these paradigms and, and patterns within the system yeah. that has nothing to do with genetics, to be honest, but it has everything to it's do with you. how we're conditioned to handle stress, 
right? Absolutely. And, and realistically, if all these chemicals, so I get angry, my adrenaline goes up, my epinephrine goes up, my, my cortisol goes up. And if I stay in that mood for days and days and days, then I'm not detoxing for days and days and days. I'm high stress for days and days and days. I'm drinking, I'm eating sugar, I'm not sleeping properly for days and days and days. And this goes on for months and weeks. And yeah, know, and yeah. that's how people get sick. Well, when yeah. I go into my doctor to get my cholesterol checked, what do you think I am? I'm stressed. So of course, of course of my course. levels are going to be up 100%. And it all, it all ties in with that. And so this is why, you know, in the holistic world of really transforming people um, and, and working again, what we talked about with the subclinical population, the people who want to get better, but don't have the avenue to get better. We bring in this uh, mental emotional connection because everything happening in the physical body is downstream of the mind. Mm. Right. right? And right. the other aspect of this is um, this like another trifecta for us. Okay. So we have uh, leaky gut, right? Most of us have heard of passive leaky gut, having gut issues. Um, the other idea of this is something called leaky liver, right? The functional medicine world talks about that. So if you have blood sugar imbalances, cholesterol issues, triglyceride issues, uh, fatty liver, to a degree, you have some sort of leaky liver. Now at the top of this pyramid is something called leaky brain. Okay. Our mm -hmm. brain doesn't feel pain. We don't feel pain in the brain, but what do we feel? Headaches, migraines, depression, anxiety. Those are all the symptomologies of a brain on fire. And it's this trifecta. I can't fix the brain if I don't fix the gut. I can't fix the liver if I don't fix the gut. I can't fix the brain if I don't fix the liver. So it's this like trifecta of things. So the person who has, you know, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, as we mentioned, the, the, your listener, she's probably got some sort of, you know, headaches or anxiety or depression patterns. Maybe she's got poor digestion, right? Like none of these symptoms are, are singular. They all tie in together. So if we don't put all these pieces together, we're missing a huge part of the puzzle. So how is statins going to really solve anything of this on a global level? No, it's they're, not. they're not. And, and the statins also have their list of um, side of effects. side effects that they bring that they bring to the situation well, as well. What's a, so. what's a statin? So a statin is basically a medication that they use to block oh. the absorption of, of cholesterol. Oh. Um, and, and if we understand the importance of cholesterol as literally it's part of the membrane of every single cell important for brain function, you know, this is where we see people on statins long-term start to have the hormonal issues. Um, usually the most we see is because they've been on statins for a period of time because their cholesterol was high. And what generation is that? That's the baby boomer generation because in the 80s and 90s, we had spam and margarine and all the other things, to be honest, yep. as like main food, right? Microwavable yep. food, um, quick meals, like all that type of stuff. Nowadays, there's health food everywhere. Like, you know, th there's online companies, they ship to your home, like healthy food everywhere. And like, you see more about grass-fed salted butter than margarine. You know, right. I remember the base cell commercials. I remember my mom, I'm like, stop eating that stuff. Like, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. What is that? You know, yeah. don't put it on my bread. I don't want it. Yeah. So here we are putting plastic, you know, margarine on a piece of toast. Yeah. Like just but but the marketing on the outside says this is the kind of thing that you, you know, studies show that this yeah. is, you know, and again, but until you read the study, like the egg one right. that says it's not real, like you have to dig into these kind of 
these kind of things. And just as you were talking about the situation with, you know, maybe you've got headaches, you know, that's something that I've suffered with all my life. And actually this past week, my sister in Australia, she just sat down, got on a Zoom call and within five minutes had the most excruciating headache like like call 911 kind of headache. So she did actually go to the hospital and they did the scans and they checked out her brain and they did all of these kind of things. And, you know, these texts are coming in and we're watching to see how she's doing. And she had a headache for three days still and nothing touched it. But what struck me again is that they they looked at her brain. Great that there's no particular reason, no brain bleed there, no, you know, no clot, no all of those physical things. But I again wondered, did you check out anything else? So she's right. now been discharged from the hospital and there's no real reason why she had this intense migraine, so much so she, you know, she said to me, I had to do like um breathing when you're in labor because it was so excruciating. So, I mean, that is huge. Is that coming from her liver? Cause she's perimenopausal. Is it coming from her gut? Listeners, please know that I'm sharing these things so that you get to ask more questions right. because think, goodness for the hospital that she could go to and the tests that she could have to rule all of these things out. I think it's just when you leave that situation, you're half relieved because you realize, okay, this is great. You know, I'm don't, there's, but you're also left with why on earth was I just literally wiped out for days. And I think that's the piece that we're trying to bridge that I know that I'm certainly trying to bridge and bringing people like you on and having these discussions. So I wish that there was the marrying of those two things going on there, because yes, we need our doctors, we need our medical system desperately. Um, but when that sort of when that road ends or or you know sort of tapers off, then we do need something else. And I believe that everybody that's listening to this podcast again, as I said off the top, is is here because they're looking for another way to come at this, to to be in control. You said take back your power and and really make sure that you are looking after yourself because these situations can change, you know, kind of change the trajectory of your life. Okay, so let's give you got three to five things that people could maybe start to do right now to change the trajectory, whether they have high cholesterol, whether they don't, whether this is pure prevention or whether they, they're on statins and they maybe think, oh, you know, I think I could do something different rather than relying on that medication, thinking that that's going to be the answer. The dietary aspect isn't like the biggest factor, but also important. So let's start with first sugar intake. Watch how much sugar we're having. And can we have healthier versions of sugar instead of all the white processed stuff? Nowadays, you can make gluten-free, dairy-free desserts. There's tons of options out there. Yep. I had some ice cream last night. It was delicious. Just have it in moderation, you know, right. go be active. Don't do the sweetener garbage. Just have the sugar, the body doesn't really know how to work with chemical sweeteners. Is honey good? Is monk fruit good? Yes. Agave, all great. Just watch the artificial sweeteners. Do you have the regular sugar? Go be active. Let your body burn it off naturally. It's what we do, right? right. Second, uh, let's get rid of the trans fats. Watch how much fried 
fatty junk food we're having, you know? Let's have um, a steak instead of deep fried chicken wings in um, some sort of plant or seed oil. You know, right. like, that, like that's the corn a big, oil. We've yeah. talked we've talked about that, Chris. Do you remember when we did that episode? Your mind was blown when I yeah, said this, that the filtering of all of those oils is like it's like a petrochemical or something ridiculous like that. So uh, a non-negotiable is no more corn, canola, anything that you buy in the supermarket that's in that aisle in the plastic bottle, basically, yeah. is yeah. is off and, the and, table. And the other thing too is they can't handle high burning temperatures or cooking temperatures. So they burn and then they go rancid and you're consuming that, you right. know, and you want to know why we have health issues. So that's the other part too. So when it comes to like uh, the food aspect of it, I like steak. I like fatty steak. I like fatty meat. Just make sure you try to get grass fed um, free range type of foods out there so that right. you know that they're eating better quality. Generally grass fed means that the animals are eating grass and not grain, right? Right. Because the grain is what is usually stored in silos or mills that aren't temperature regulated. So they tend to have mold and stuff on them. The animals eat them. And this is where in the commercial or corporate size settings, the animals get sick and they need to use antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. That's how that all happens. And then you're consuming that. So when I test people, I can find mycotoxins, which are the mold on the grain from the animals eating it within people's systems. Mm-hmm. That's how that happens. So food quality is important. Two, two companies that I like that will literally send you a grass-fed, you know, free-range meat to your house, Papa Earth. You can mm-hmm. Google that, Papa Earth, and True Local. Two awesome companies okay. that I enjoy. Yeah, we might talk to True Local in a few weeks' time, actually. Yeah, I'm just in, I'm just talking talking with them because I think this is another important conversation of who are you buying your meat from and where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? I like that they're all small farms. You can see publicly where they get all their food from. Um, that's the most important thing, right? The connection right. there. Um, what else after that? The idea of understanding stress, okay? We understand we're all stressed out and that's okay. But if we're not actually looking at how to assess our stress levels, then we have no idea. I mean, I can't tell you how many people come into my clinic, ask them if they're stressed and they say they're not stressed. Mm-hmm. And then we do a conductivity test, which is my version of a stress test and it's through the roof. And right. because they may not be stressed in re- relation to like what is stressful for them, but that doesn't mean that, you know, on the sliding scale of what is stressed, that they're not in a normal range. And so if we're not using some sort of like metric to track any of these things, then we have no idea. And what's the best way to deal with stress or cortisol specifically, which is the stress hormone is sleep, deep sleep. Right. And if we're not even tracking our sleep, then we got no idea what we're doing. Right. You know, we got no idea if we're recovering. We have no idea how we're sleeping. We have no idea if we're mitigating our stress. And so here are these people who think they're not stressed. They think they're sleeping properly, even though they wake up every night to go pee at like two or three in the morning, which by the way is a liver problem. Yeah. Um, and then they go do their CrossFit workout in the morning because it makes them feel good because it's more adrenaline, norepinephrine, and they feel high. Right. Yeah. And then at night, maybe they have a glass of wine or some vodka or, you know, there's mm-hmm. maybe a beer or two and the cycle continues. Yeah. Yep. I think we probably just nailed it for a lot of people out there. And also just so that listeners can head back to, I think it was episode 72. It might've been on uh, adrenal fatigue with Dr. Christine Matheson. I would head back there to hear a little bit more about that adrenal burnout and what you can do for that and the, and the stress as well, you know, meditation and walking. And, you know, as Jason said, the sleep is absolutely crucial you know, as somebody embarks on all of this, and it probably feels like a bit of a mountain that you're going to climb, 
in the case of your clients, how long might it might it take to sort of see your levels to, you know, to kind of balance out here? Yeah, to, to really, you know, go through some level of transformation. And we call a transformation someone who is, you know, at place A and now is at place B generally right. takes, you know, I would say a six month period. Um, right. Will they feel better in 30 days running the protocols that I create for them? 100%. I mean, right. you've experienced that. Like things yep. can happen pretty quickly with the wonderful remedy line I like to use, Fitzka Energetics. Um, and at the end of the day, it, it just, it takes time to build in the lifestyle habits. You, you aren't where you are because it just happened. You are where you are because of the patterns you do every day and how you live your life. Um, right. and, and we kind of just talked about it with how you sleep, the workouts in the morning, the stressful day at work, you hate your job, can't wait to get home, have a drink, da, da, da. And then the cycle continues. And right. so it's, it's those changes that take time to really create a transformation. It's the self-worth patterns, right? We're talking about the mental programs here. It's right. getting into that headspace and changing the, the remedies, the, the food, uh, doing a liver gallbladder flush, you know, within 30 to 60 days, you do that, you're going to feel better. But when we're talking on a blood work level, that takes, you know, three to six months to really shift right. and change. If we're trying to go from an apple or pear shape into something less than an apple or pear shape, then again, we're looking at like a six month fashion. That's why most transformations are targeted at 12 weeks because a lot of our cells in our body turn over within 12 weeks. Like you're right. a whole new you within 12 months. So if you're a version that has high cholesterol and arthritis and you completely change your food sources to like organic grass fed meat and you're sleeping better. Well, now at a year older, you can be way healthier than the version prior because now your cells are being made of all this good nutrition, quality sleep, which is before you were stressed out eating, you know, trans fats and whatever else. And just to finish off, are there any particular supplements that test out best for, for your clients that you see? Any sort of liver support, any sort of digestive enzymes are going to be what I go after, right? So and hypozymase, right. hepatic, hepatogest, mm -hmm. that's a, an incredible, mm -hmm. incredible powder. And then, um, you know, what about things like uh, fish oils, EPA, mm -hmm. um, then, we've, then, then we've also got BioBoost from, because you got to go after the gut. Um, yes. So the omega Omega Boost, my Omega Boost, and then also my um, my Bio Boost are definite definite ones, and then Kid Boost too because that's the superfood powder, which are the antioxidants, which are going to protect everything, every single cell in your body. So yeah, cholesterol is one of those um, one of those markers. Triglycerides and cholesterol is like one of those broad spectrum markers that like things just aren't going in the right direction. And so right. generally focusing on the basics are going to make more changes than not. It's really not super specific. It just means generally we're not headed in the right direction and we need to change right. that. While right. we uh, have you on on the show, uh, Jason, where can I find a nice omega three filled whiskey? Oh, <laughs> Ooh. When you find it, you let me know because I'm down to try that. Wait a minute, you're the expert. Let come on. We're gonna have to ask. We're gonna have to ask Davis. We're I've been having some Davis. Dalmore lately. I've been having some like Dalmore, which is a whiskey scotch. Oh man, that is nice. Those sound smooth. Maybe, 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 Chris, maybe Chris, it's more that you take your Omega Boost with the whiskey. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yes, the nutritionist just said, swallow yeah, your supplements. I don't know if I'll support that one. <laughs> okay, so, so one of the episodes we're going to have to do is get the three amigos on here with us, and it'll be me as oh. the expert, and I'll try to convince them to come over to my side. 
Ah, I like this. That would be exceptional. Oh my goodness. Dr. Cass likes his scotch. Dr. B likes his wine. You know, I'm kind of a dabbler in both. Like, yeah, that that, that sounds like a plan, actually. It does sound like a plan. You're not far from the abyss, Jason. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jason. Well, tell, tell us where people can find out more about you and everything that you do. Yeah, my Instagram, quantumhealth.jasonbrasad or very easily quantumhealth.ca. Um, just trying to work with, you know, anyone who's in that subclinical position where they're not dying, but they want to find a track as to how to improve their health and take care of their um, health and longevity long term. Tremendous. Thank you so much for sharing your incredible wisdom. And I'm sure there are a million more questions that have come up after this from listeners. So please make sure that you reach out to us and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep on answering those questions. So thanks for starting us off on this uh, cholesterol journey, Jason. Thank you very much for having me. Excited for the next one. Okay, so mind blown again, Chris? I love how he simplifies things. Uh, I love how he sort of allows me to visually see the what the cholesterol is doing, what the you know how to fix it. Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, we do want that fix. Yeah, right. We absolutely. do. We do want to make it all better. So let's talk a bit more about your diet and what can you do to help balance out your cholesterol and lower your triglycerides. Now, number one is not really to ditch the cheese and the fried bread, which is what I was talking about with my dad and you, Chris. Yes, it's not great, but the number one thing is sugar. Gotta ditch the white stuff. Now, I think it was with Davis where he was talking about if you're going to go and have a drink like a, what was it, a rye and Coke or something like that, that it was in the NAFLD, in the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease episode, where he said, don't have the high fructose corn syrup, just go for the straight sugar. So find something. So that is a balance that you can make because your liver is not going to do well with that high fructose corn syrup. Now, step two from that situation would be to just ditch the sugar altogether. I'm sorry, it sucks because the stuff tastes so good. Those starches, you know, you've got to think about the white stuff, the process, the, the crackers that you've just bought in the box, the, the Cheerios that you talked about off the top. These are all the, all the things that are in that plastic bag inside that cardboard box is refined and is processed. And that is just not doing you any good. The next thing is, is to look at yourself. Okay. So do you have that weight that you're carrying in the middle? Well, losing some weight, losing some of that stored fat, which has happened from, I don't know, not moving so much or because it's COVID and you're just not being able to go to the gym or, you know, somebody emailed me and said, I realize after the newsletter that I sent out, out, uh, which I do every single week is, yeah, I'm totally, you know, in order to try and keep myself steady, I'm heading for the fridge. I'm heading for the food. So you need to look at those kind of things because that extra fat that's stored is causing inflammation and oxidative stress and making that LDL, sending the fire trucks out way, way more than the HDL is able to bring it back again. Eating those that anti-inflammatory diet is absolutely the way to go. We talked about that with uh, with Ju- Julie Daniluk in um, in our episode on anti-inflammatory. I think that was about episode seventy one, and you can follow the principles of the Mediterranean diet, which I also went into in the Perfect Diet episode, which includes way more fish, a lot less red meat, and a whole lot of vegetables and fiber, and really little to no processed food. Now, does that 
have sound a bit boring? Well, so does having a heart attack and just feeling like crap all the time. So ease up on some of these foods. Like I say this all the time and it's not fun, but start writing that food diary out. Write down for yourself for about three days of what you're eating because then you can't get away from it. Those little sneaky things that get in there that you don't necessarily realize. Or maybe all those coffees that you're having too too many times a day just to keep you going and get through the day. Do you like sardines by any chance? <laughs> no. Not many people say that they do, but if you do, go ahead and eat them. You've got to take a really high dose of EPA. Now, this is one component of your omega-3 fish oils. You'll find that in my Take This by Leanne Omega Boost. There is a huge amount of EPA in there and you need lots of it. Then there's the antioxidants. We talked about that with Jason from Kid Boost or just eating all that rainbow of colors every single day. The peppers, the berries, the sweet potatoes, all of that is so important as well as the fiber to get rid of the cholesterol out of the body. Got to get it out and the water has got to follow along with that. You can eat as much chia chia, uh, pudding as you like, but unless you drink the water to get it out of you, then it's just going to get backed up and it's not going to be a pretty scene. So there you have it. The beginning of talking about cholesterol, please, please share this with anyone that you think happens to need it. There's a lot to unpack here. And I know I've heard from listeners lately that they listen to an episode and they have to go back again and again and again, because every single time you listen to it again, then you're you're just getting to a deeper level and a, and a better understanding of all of this. So thank you so much for being along for the ride of this. Rate the podcast, share it, head over to leannephillipson.com or sproutright.com. Sign up for my newsletter because I send a letter out every single week so you can keep on top of all the topics that I'm talking about and learn a little bit more about what's going on in my life too because I've been sharing a bit more about that lately. So thank you so much for being along. Thank you to Jason. And of course, thank you to Chris for the incredible work that you do in putting all of this together and always your input because it's just tremendous. And please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. 